Hello and welcome to the Cultural Studies Podcast. This is Toby Miller and my guest today is... Louise Katz. Louise, lovely to see you. How are you and what's on your mind these days? Well, how I am, or that would take a minute or two, but um, what's on my mind at the moment is what I mentioned to you before you press the record button, which was this idea of self-intimidation, intimidating yourself. <laughs> you, were, you were talking, you were saying something um, um, about how you were daunted by the prospect of a particular task, um, which I, I thought was very strange for you because I know you're very good at any task that you um, pursue. Nevertheless, um, the idea of self-intimidation um, amused me. And then I realised that even though I was being glib when I spoke to you, um, I've been um, working on... Um, a series of essays of some sort um, that involve a lot of conversations with um, a more intimidating part of my brain than the one that is um, behind the words just at the moment. Wow. So, okay. Could could we unpack that <laughs> a wee bit? Yeah. So um, they're essays and they're, um, well, they're not, I sort of find the um, whole personal essay thing a bit dodgy. Um, I don't know. We could talk about that if you wanted. To, but um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, what I really like is the idea of it's an old idea, the familiar essay. So um, the familiar essay, the familiar essay, um, where where you talk, where you where you you write about things, um, ideas that you're interested in, um, mm-hmm. and you emerge um, as the as the narrator, sort of. Um, not not necessarily intentionally, unintentionally almost, yeah. So um, um, the, the the main thing is the ideas, but they're sort of personal essays because they're written in the in the first person about thoughts, mm-hmm. ideas, um, you know, um, to do with whatever it happens you're, to be that you're interested in talking about. Um, and um, while I'm doing while I'm writing this, um, I've given voice to a person called um, AF or um, um, annoying friend um, who, when I start to sort of enter into a bit of a rant or a diatribe or become obstreperous, which I'm inclined to do, um, he has a way of um, ironizing, um, which puts me back in, in, in my place for a minute until another argument develops. So there's AF and me in conversation. Yes. And also we're, we're, we're um, occasionally interrupted by the cat. And I think, Toby, you should appreciate the interruptions of cats. And this cat is um, a very wise and very, very refined and highly educated cat because he's got to be up all night. So he does, um, he researches all sorts of different things. And also he's running a small home industry of, um, felting. Yeah. You lay down a thin layer of fur on the couch. The next night you come down another layer. And he's, I think he's, um, setting up, um, a small online business dealing with felted products. (laughs) It's very apt that you mentioned the cat because I've had to walk around the apartment since we started recording because you seem to be bobbing about quite a lot now. I mean, yes, it's like the water you. about yeah. two minutes before I called you, he had shattered a, a beautiful little nut bowl of mine, mm. which was paired with another beautiful little nut bowl that he shattered the day before. And while mm. you were talking about when you were about to speak about AF, I heard something else shatter. I thought, and when looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, you always had my almost full concentration, and you truly do now. So, awful friend—that's interesting. That's not like the ugly best friend. Oh, awful friend! I, I, I said annoying friend, but it could be annoying awful friend, friend. Sorry, annoying friend. Be appalling friend, or hideous friend, <laughs> or um, shut up friend. Hmm. So, sorry. What, what? What did you say? No, just you were talking about that interlocutor. Uh, this is someone who crops up, who spreads doubt or queries what you as queries, the um, but he also um he also makes um sly remarks to deflate me um quite quite often and um it's useful sometimes because he might send me off on um a different direction or force me to think a little bit harder about what I just claimed um yeah um so yeah. That's sort of the job of um, that sort of character that um, a lot of writers whinge about, which is, um, you know, the internal critic. Of course, you've got an internal critic. You can't not have one. It's ridiculous to imagine you wouldn't have one. Otherwise, you just write blither. And so um, this is the acknowledgement of the um, 
of the um, handiness of, of such a, a being um, mm. that I, you know, externalized. Um, and, um, and so the conversations continue. And I really love it. That was the other thing that um, um, you, you said that you came back to doing these podcasts because it was something that you really enjoyed. Yes. Um, and, um, it's, and and we need to do things that we really enjoy, why ever not? Um, and um, I, I've been for a long time, you know, well, actually I've been really slack compared to most people, I suppose, but um, I have given up even thinking about writing any more um, scholarly essays. This is um, a complete departure from that. Um, so, and it's sort of a cross between the fiction that I continue to do um, and a sort of a a playful new new oh. direction. Um, yeah. Um, I, I can't, I, I have nothing but enormous respect for a beautiful um, um, article um um, written by a scholar that that you know has wonderful prose and crystalline presentation of ideas and it's delicious but I can't do it because it makes me feel queasy it never really agreed with me in the first place so I'm not doing it anymore well yeah. could we go back 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 as they say in baseball to your fiction mm-hmm. writing because mm-hmm. you'd published maybe one novel when we recorded a oh. podcast about yeah. a decade ago. Yeah, it was um it was a fantasy for young adults. Yeah. It wasn't a decade ago, it was longer ago than that. Or maybe maybe it was the second um young adult one that I did then. Um yeah, probably the sure. second. Sorry, he's not something Chinguri. Oh god. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> this time it's the beautiful Mexican salt and pepper shaker. Oh, little He bugger. targets things that will break. Does he sit on the table and do this? This is what often cats will they they'll get a mark and then they'll go. I I've never seen ah. him in action. I've never seen him in action. Maybe it's not him. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Chinguri. Say hello to Louis. Are you there? Oh hello, puss. Hello, puss. Monster. Yes, crumbs. <laughs> Stop it, darling. Hmm. As Wittgenstein said, if a lion could speak, we would not know what he was trying to say. No. Anyhow, sorry. So <clears throat> it's more than a decade ago. Yes, it probably is, because you were one of the first victims of the initial iteration of the podcast, I think. Hmm. So let's imagine that we've never spoken <laughs> about your novels before. So your first novel is a, is fantasy fiction YA, as the saying goes. Yeah, you know, yes. adult stuff. And um, so um, I think that they've changed the definition now um, in the in the world where um, where marketing people gather um, and invent niches. I think um, then it was for for people of about oh, fifteen to eighteen, I suppose, something like that. Have you fro- I've frozen? Have you frozen? No, no, no. Um, something like oh, 15, 17, I don't know. Um, teenage, middle teenagers, um, and maybe a bit younger. It depends. Um, okay. Um, on how well they read? I don't know. Um, so that um, that was, was it, what was it called? The first one, so people can look for first it. First one was called Mifanwi's. Oh, oh, it's it disappeared into the ether. Um, it's it was called Mifanwi's Demon. Mifanwi's Demon. Yes, sorry. Yeah. He, um, I think what he may have been obsessed about is that the lid of his litter box was not on <laughs> properly. I'm now attaching it in the hope that he will not interrupt us again. You know that obscure <laughs> search for the reason for their devilry? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. a beautiful Welsh name. Indeed. Yeah. So Mifanwi's Demon was the first one and it was um so it was um oh goodness gracious, what happened? Um the protagonist um f- finds herself 
somehow in medieval Wales, hence the name, and her name isn't Mufanwi. She meets a witch who, because this this 20, 20th or 20, 20th then century person has just appeared um, next to her fireplace, she, of, of course, assumes that this um, protagonist is um, a demon. Yeah, so so she becomes um, a Farnwee's demon, and helps her in her um, in her work um, against the um, the horrible activities of. Um, oh, I've just gone blank. Um, what do you? Um, three chemists, um, apothecaries. Okay, the apothecaries um, who have um, who, who are taking um, over the business as best they can of um, of witches. Yeah, the old woman at the crossroad who used to um, give out the medicines. So they're being threatened by the apothecaries, and um, Mufanwi's demon does what she can um, um, to assist in this this, this sort of um, war that's going on in Wales at the time. Fantastic. On the side of the witches, yeah. Um, so um, it was a well. So it was a kind of a um, a, a way of you know um, creeping in to um young adults with um a feminist message <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and when you look look back on it without being didactic or even mentioning anything like that of course yeah well yeah. so nor should you of course mm-hmm. when you look back on it do you have fond thoughts and memories i do i thought it was really good <laughs> <laughs> well at least somebody did the cover was shit, but the story was a really good yarn. <laughs> done with, done, done, you know, done with a certain levity. It was a very fine thing. Yeah. Mm. If and it still exists, you know, you really, you really ought to get a copy. I, I have the a cover. Copy. I have, um, yeah. I have bought uh, much of your work. So anyway, what happens to you next? Well, I, go, I continue with the um, with the young adult stuff and. Uh, um, I do another one um, called "The Other Face of Janus," um, and um, again, I have somebody entering through um, a portal, which happens to be um, a painting that's on loan at the Art Gallery of New South Wales, "The Garden of Earthly Delights." Um, so there's, um, you know, much adventuring goes on there, and she brings back this character um, with whom she um, may be falling in love, called Janus who um, ends up being something a lot more um, dangerous than um, she could have imagined in the Garden of Earthly Delights. In Sydney, it was a whole different kettle of fish. Hmm. So he is, he's not Mr. Darcy, Janus. He's not Mr. Darcy. Oh, no. Not he's Darcy. <laughs> no, he has, he has no, no, no Darcyness at all. But he, he, he's, um, he was um, at first... Extremely charming, as they often are, you know. Men on the first date. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, there's a break sometimes. But um, so, you know, there, so, you know, there, there, there was, uh, I can't remember all the details anymore, but, yeah, um, um, a, a very difficult time um, and a little bit of um, um, mystery, not quite a murder mystery um, going on there, again, set in Sydney. And why not? I like a, a, a novel with a good sense of place. <laughs> yeah. And um, after that, I, I, I sort of strayed away from that and I was told that it was a big, big, big mistake because um, I was establishing um, uh, um, quite a decent name for myself in that market um, and um, I didn't want to do it anymore Um and so I was. I started really struggling. It was no longer publishing with Harper Collins, but whoever would have me. So mm. it got it got a lot harder, culminating really, I suppose, in, in a book that was published in 2015, which was um, very different from what I'd done before. It was um, a dystopia. Um, yeah. Um, it's oh, hang on, just one second. I have a cat. A cat. A cat. Hang on. <laughs> This is a feline-friendly podcast, folks, in case you were wondering. And whenever there have to be interruptions because of broken crockery, because of litter box disorders or whatever it may be, of course the pussycats have priority. In addition, this is an artisanal podcast. I don't edit, 
So whatever you hear is real. I just filled the space. <laughs> what dramas went on back there? Oh, it was re- it was horrible. You don't want to hear about it. It was really grim. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's over now. It's all right. The cat is no more. <laughs> no, the cat is the cat endures. Don't you worry I, about that. Uh, Donald it's Sutherland fine. in nineteen hundred. So twenty fifteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the orchid nursery. Um, um, it's the orchid nursery. The orchid nursery um, is is called that because there's a. Uh, um, no, that's no way to begin. The it's the orchid nursery is imagines if. Um, fundamentalist Christians and um, Muslims realised how much they had in common. Um, there's a war. Um, this is this is sort of near future post apocalyptic fiction. Think um, um, something like um, Handmaid's Tale meets The Road, but not as fun filled. Right. Didn't sell well. <laughs> <laughs> But my, my recollection, I haven't looked at my copy for a while. It had orchids on the front cover, didn't it? It had orchids. It had an orchid on the front cover. Yeah, An orchid, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So that's how people will find it in the best-selling lanes wherever they are around the world. <laughs> wherever you are around the world, look out the, for the book with the orchid on the front. People kept referring to it as the orchard nursery. What can't people read anymore at all? <laughs> well, apples come from orchards, didn't you know that? Oh, they do. Yes, so of course. Apples come from orchards. Apple orchard yeah. makes sense, orchard. doesn't it? Orchard. Well, there wasn't. There was no apple mentioned, Toby. None. Apple no. free. Oh, the orchard. People are used to having apples. There are three in my fridge, for example. Well, I, oh, okay, it's a perfectly reasonable mistake. Thank you. Mm. So mm. it comes out, but it doesn't do gangbusters. It's not popular. Like the Harper College, it got some rather, um, rather good critical reviews. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it 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 didn't um, no. So anyway, um, I've got another one at the moment that I'm. Ooh, whoops, that was me, not the cat. Um, that I'm working, that I'm working on. It's really weird, isn't it? It's like being haunted by small furry um, um, monsters. Yeah. Well, perhaps yeah. there there is some mystical connection between them. They don't like the fact that we're recording this podcast. <laughs> and so they're causing, you know, difficult things. I mean, I don't get it. I carefully made sure the food bowls were full, the water bowl, everything seemed to be in place, but still the torment occurs. There's still so the torment. You're working on on another one. I won't interrogate you about that because it's a trade secret, I guess. But where would you place this one generically? Could I ask that? Um, yeah, of course. Why not? Um, it's um, it's um, it's straight literary fiction with um, a crime bent. Yeah. So that's interesting. So in your the three novels that are out and the fourth one underway, you've actually embarked on, in a way, on three genres. I mean. No, I know that's wrong. I'm feeling there must have been something else in between, but I can't for the lot. Oh no, there were short stories. That's right. Okay, no, not other. Oh yes, no, I don't. Yeah, no, no, it's it's um it's it's true, and um maybe it just speaks to um a very um fugitive concentration span or something. I think it shows an interest in different genres and a preparedness not to be driven by market logics. You can put that Mm. on the back of your next book if you think it'll help sell. And oh tribute. yeah! Can you, if you just email me, that I'll quote it. That'll be my yeah, last piece for sure. For sure. <laughs> now, uh, the book of short stories I don't have. Could you tell us what it's called? No, 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 no. It wasn't a book of short stories. There have been some intermittent oh, sorry. stories yes. published that weren't, or and, and a novella. And but because um, I was just trying to think, well. Didn't I do any fiction between then and then? And I realised, yes, I did, but not, you know, nothing to, um, <laughs> nothing to write home about. Nothing to write home about or write away about. The short story, mm-hmm. the novella, what's it called? Uh, oh, it's, um, um, oh, it's more, it had another, another demon title. Um, oh, it was based on The Little Mermaid. It was called The Little Demon. Oh. But it was it was actually for adults, yeah. And where was it published? 
It was published, oh, it was a small press publisher called Coeur de Leon. Oh, lovely. Okay. And during all of this, at some point, you become an academic, mm. teaching yeah. scholarly writing to undergrads. Have I got that right? No. Well, I I, I was teaching um, critical thinking to postgrads, but close. Oh, sorry. I got it all wrong. <laughs> you're on the, you're on, you're in the sort of... To graduate students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which you really think that they'd have a, a bit of a handle on by the time they'd got an undergraduate degree. But uh, as you're probably aware, that um, too frequently isn't the case. Yeah. So um, there's a book um, I wrote called that, um, Critical Thinking and Persuasive Writing for Postgraduates. That was wow. really fun. That was really that was And were yeah. there... Oh. Well, they're Apple. No, people can buy it. No, they write, they email me and ask me to um to 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 send them a copy all the time, and I don't. <laughs> so, were there apple orchids on the front cover? There weren't any orchids, and certainly no apples. You and your apples. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, what was the so the, you've given us the subtitle? What was the foretitle? Like, sex and a single girl. Yes. Century. I thought so. I've heard of it. Of course. Okay. It's amazing the way that you can just. Get things like that. It's it's uh, in the zeitgeist, I think, Louise. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that sort of book, I imagine, would be very, very handy. What was it, and has your teaching been aimed at all graduate students across disciplines, or more in particular fields of knowledge? Well, no. Um, the form, the former. Um, it, it's. You know, it's generalist, um, uh, the sorts of skills that are transferable across disciplines because um, anybody could um, enrol across well, arts and social sciences faculties. Um, but um, occasionally people from other faculties would enrol as well. You know, scientists who hadn't ever um, written prose or that was readable and things like that. Um, people, yes, I, I actually got some really interesting students sometimes. Yeah. Um, and... Um, yeah so yeah across uh, across um that faculty primarily um got into a spot of bother with linguists who got very cross um about the existence of such a course because they didn't uh, a particular school of linguistics i can't remember what it's called now um doesn't like um um generalist um advice on on critical skills and wants to relate it specifically um to a, um, a discipline um, but this is the holiday people is it yeah, yeah, yeah. M. A. K. Halliday has a school of true believers, or did. Um, Very, and I think at home base is the University of Sydney. Yes, there was a there were a lot of them, I think, affiliated with that. But uh, very interesting work, Halliday. Yeah, okay, he's about to knock over a mescal container, so I'm going to rescue. That. There's some sort of strange shadow happening. It doesn't matter, I suppose. Do I go into a, a kind of a dark shadow when I lean forward? No. Oh, it's There's just a slight me. shadow cast over your left cheek when you lean forwards, but it's not a dark shadow. And remember that in terms of the makeup, we've both been applying throughout the presentation <laughs> in order to. <laughs> deal with the perspiration <laughs> occasioned by the floodlights, I actually will be converting this into an MP3 file so it'll go out as purely audio. You right. know, you're really bouncing around a lot. Is that That's is that your device? That, that is to do with a mixture of things. It's, mm-hmm. one, the cat's distracting me and my moving around to try to manage him. Two, the fact that the technique of having a background that is mm-hmm. artificial means that every now and then bodies moving in front of the camera get lost. They get swamped by the artificial background. Mm-hmm. So sometimes my bits of me might just disappear. I really do. Oh, yeah, your hair was taking off. Um, I, I really do... Um wonder what your room looks like 
<laughs> well, it's got a few ceilings and walls. So no. getting back to this class and the book, I know this is a stupid question, but what's critical thinking? Oh, that was a that, that, that's 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 pretty tricky of you, Toby. Um, um, thinking, um, asking, I suppose, asking questions as you read or as you listen to whatever you're um, you're doing, rather than just um, um, a, a, assuming that whatever you've got in front of you um, is authoritative and true. Dare I say? Yeah. Hey, great. So you know, you 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 suggest different sorts of questions that could be asked to take people down um, a road where they become more inquiring mm-hmm. um, and more skeptical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, not cynical, just more skeptical. Um, and um, yeah, really, I suppose that's it in a nutshell. Um, and you, you, you'll supply sort of different questions for different contexts that might help them get started. Students um, are often quite surprised. Well, anybody is when you sort of when you start. I suppose when you start to think about um, the sorts of things that you take for granted, um, it's very difficult to know that you're taking anything for granted because you're taking it for granted. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I, I really like to use a tool of, of of the reflection journal where I encourage students to try. It's really, really hard. They think it, it, it sounds simple to start with, but actually trying to work out why it is you think the thing you think about, whatever it is that I've suggested that they think about that week or whatever, um, um, you know, to do with um, education, family background, culture, you know, how much do, can you become a little bit more aware of how you can't have um, a view from nowhere and maybe even admit it and then state what, you know, what angle you're coming from when you're writing something so that um, you're clear about that, you understand that um, you're going to obviously bring to your work and your thinking um, an unavoidable level of, of bias, I suppose. I don't know. What do you reckon? Does that sound, does that make sense? Is that what yes, you that's said? a great answer and I, I feel clearer now about it. I guess that relates to when students sometimes ask, can I use the first person Mm -hmm. in my essay? May I write I as in the letter Mm -hmm. and are surprised when they are told, yes, you may. In Mm. fact, it's better if you do. Mm. I guess with science people and with social science people in particular, less so often with humanities folks, there is a very definite model of what a correct journal article is. It must start mm. with what the research is about, a literature review, what the method was, what actually went on, then a discussion of that, and then a conclusion. It's a very tightly packaged genre, very industrialised, isn't it? Well, that's that's particularly social sciencey sort of um, um, mm-hmm. approach that you've described, isn't it? There's a little bit more fluidity, I suppose, with humanities. You can be a little bit more, um, well, playful, even I think. But yeah, still, it's not a good idea to um, um, try and divorce your eye from everything. Although there are lots of people working in universities who still forbid it. And so, when I, I'm in a bit of a difficult situation, where I say, look, I'll accept. I'll accept um, essays with the first person in, but I'd actually prefer um, that you didn't overdo it because there's, you know, there's always that danger that it, it does encourage more subjectivity than perhaps um, they they um, should be allowing in. But uh, but I do warn them that you know it depends. You you need to check with your um, lecturer in your particular field. Um, yes. In that, as far of as course. that goes, you fail because I you can use I. In in all the podcasts I've done, and it's well over 300 now, the most difficult people to interview are always journalists. And it's because they've been taught, you know, don't make yourself the story, which Mm. in some ways is unfortunate, especially if you think about some of the more interesting aspects of, say, new journalism, understood as the new journalism of the United States in the 60s, not the new journalism of Britain in the 19th century. And in other ways is actually good because people who become obsessed with finding their voice and speaking about Mm. themselves end up writing about topics that are of very little interest to anybody except possibly their parents 
or their cats. <laughs> but even then, oh, speaking of which, someone's back. Um, we'll see what form this takes. He may try to close the lid of the laptop. <laughs> I'm sure you can fight him off. Uh, yeah. The problem is I'm not typing, of course, but if I type, he gets behind the laptop and strikes out with his claws to attack my fingers. He's got his <laughs> one of his paws on the keyboard, and he also is man is able to come up with keyboard combinations that do things that I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah, Dick's very good at that too. Mm. Those dicks. So, ordinary. Oh, Richard the Third. Thank you very much. Sorry, Richard the Third. Yes. There's yeah. mm-hmm. a a wonderful, famous old costuming place in LA, not far from where I used to live, called Richard the Thread, where <laughs> you can rent costumes of every kind. And they have a an image of Richard the Third as their big logo. It's fantastic. So, yeah, nice. um, what's it? What's it like moving between the imaginative genres you've talked about and the scholarly pedagogic writing? Is that easy for you to do or or complex? Um, it's just it's more it's more a matter of time, I think, than anything. Um, you need well, yeah. It's a different way of 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 thinking. Although, you know, when you're writing fiction, you still have to be, you have to be very critical. It's just that you don't, you try not to let AF in all the time um, to blame you. Um, you, you, You'll have a bit of a, you know, a a blah and then say, all right, what do you think? Don't tell me what you really think. Be nice, you know. And, um, and and then questions will emerge and then you'll rewrite and, you know, when you're doing fiction. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I have a problem with the way that people often want to separate um, creative writing, so-called, and critical writing. Um, I really do. I mean, I'm sure you've heard people arguing about that. You've probably, you know, been involved in plenty of conversations like that, I say. Anyway, but it's just that it sort of slides so easily off people's tongues, scholarly writing here, creative writing there. Mm. But, I mean, because something's invented doesn't make it creative. You can write a very tedious poem or a boring novel. It's not creative. It's just made up. You know, it was not very interesting, you know. Or you can write um, a magnificent um, um, piece of scholarship that involves um or a very profound level of creativity. Mm. So um, I, I, I like to think about um, the confluence rather than the, the differences in some ways. But um, but but still, your question's really apt because I mean it's really um, I, I I never loved um, academic writing mm-hmm. myself. I just got um, driven crazy by finicky fucking footnotes. I really couldn't stand it. I'm so, and I, and I really, I really dislike myself for that because, um, as I teach the students, if you do, if you reference well, it's brilliant. You know, it's, it's, it, it's a pathway. It's wonderful. But, um, I really struggle, um, with that kind of, um, um, mentality. Always have. And now I've given up. And the thing is, I didn't have to do it for long in my life. It's only been a, you know, a bit over a decade and it was only accidental. I didn't, I didn't do a doctorate with any plan whatsoever to work in a university. I did it specifically with the um, idea in mind that I wanted to sort out some thoughts that I had and I needed some support in, um, you know, or, or some constraints um, so that I could, um, I could, I could do that. Um, and it was, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> I was like, what's that? What's she doing now? Biting my wrist. And if I make a sudden move, he will puncture this your skin. arm. Then I'll have to wash it quickly with soap in order to avoid cat scratch fever. Oh, no. But I, I'm holding one of his paws, which he quite likes, bizarrely. But it, oh, oh, oh. Sorry. Darling, please don't do this. He's not. I don't know. Why. I reckon you clap him around the ear hole. That'll stop him. 
Back to your Donald Sutherland in 1900. <laughs> now he's gone onto my fingers. Please stop. Please, please, darling. I'm trying to... Sh- it is real. Oh, see now. It's a right? very fierce carnival. He's gone to the forearm. And the, is I, he, he wants maybe, to find a vein. I'm trying to veganize him in that uh, I've... It, I discovered only recently that veganism was invented during the war in Britain as a you word, vegan as, a cat. as well as a concept. Ah, well, I have bought him vegan dried food, which he loves. Mm. Now, his wet food is dead animal. I've spoken mm. to the vet about this, and the vet is perfectly happy with his being veganized on the dried food front as long as he gets lots of B12. Now he's licking where he bit me. So this is what happens when you try and veganize a cat. He's, got, <laughs> he's drinking your blood. <laughs> he's in a vampire. Now he's licking where he was biting yeah. down the forearm. He, yeah, he's definitely hungry. I'd be, I'd be careful. I'd lock the, I'd lock the bedroom door. He'll go for the throat when you're asleep. Just getting back to this business of why you did, pardon me, the doctorate. Mm-hmm. So this was not in any sense about following a profession, trying to get a job. It really wasn't, no. This was about know. learning, yeah? Yeah, it was. I know yeah. it sounds it sounds madly idealistic in this day and age, <laughs> um, but that's exactly what it was. I, I, I um, yeah, um, I was I was thinking about um, something really vague and broad, which was what happens in between things. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it it forced me to think about in be- for a start in between what and what and from what view and all of those um, sorts of questions and um, I ended up um, looking at it in be- in between the liminal zones um, from all these different perspectives um, um, in disciplines um, that I had absolutely no knowledge of at all but had to find out about and so it was really interesting reading. Um, about um, what about liminality, and um, so I, I, one of the conclusions that I drew after sort of looking at different um, perspectives and different takes on the whole thing. Well, goodbye, Toby. No, I'm here. He's just knocking over pens, and I'm trying to work out where the pens are and whether they're going to catch fire from the furnace. They probably won't catch fire. Are they particularly flammable pens? I don't know. Ow! Does that look flammable to you, Louise? It's one of those. Um, I don't know. It looks. It looks like it could melt. But don't yeah, put it in the fire. Exactly. So I'm listening. And I'm watching. It's just that I'm. Um, I'm going to have to. Ah, I found it. It's okay, <laughs> darling. What is that? I, I might have to move my screen. I, I'm getting sun in my eye. Ah, oh, yeah. Um, no, it's um, six. Seven something in the evening. Um, I know I hide behind. There's a big monitor there. If I if I back off, um, (laughs) maybe uh, uh, sunglasses. I could, um, but then I wouldn't be able to see you because I haven't got sunglasses that are. Please, please don't. Please, no, no. Just, this is the most absurd even he has ever been. Darling. Okay, so it sounds as though you got something out of it, you enjoyed it. Before we abandon your academic mm-hmm. career, <laughs> you did mention having written some scholarly articles and that you don't want to write any more. Fair enough. Well, those scholarly articles were... Um, um, they were influenced by what I was writing about when I was writing about liminality because um, I sort of um, reckoned that a, a huge w- one of the things about being in between is you know it's you know Plato's Aporia <laughs> if you like oh look at that cat and it's um, it's the it's the ground I'll just pretend that you're listening it's I, the am, ground, I am listening I it's am a creative it's a creative <laughs> ground where you're open to um, the possibility of finding out something new and interesting yes so um that's 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 the beauty of it and when i was writing academic things um i um often wrote about um creativity theory and then got really incredibly irritated by um oh god i got so irritated i still am 
I'm not even looking at you, Toby. You're too distracting. <laughs> He's got his teeth deeply embedded in my elbow. So psycho. you're incredibly irritated, but really irritated by people banging on about um, 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 creativity and creative. Well, actually, you you wrote a bit about that creative industry, so called, um, and. Then um, I started thinking about instead what I referred to as malcreativity, which mal-creativity. is malcreativity, um, creativity, creativity disguise, um, mal, um, extreme destructiveness um, and perversity, and things that are very bad for humans um, and animals and the rest of the world are masked as creative activities, but they're actually malcreative activities. Now I, I, I seem to have a white forehead and um, um, a black face. Okay, no, not in not in what I'm seeing. You look as you always do, but you've got the sun on. on I'm going to move. But honestly, you look, you look just fine. And ah, ooh, I now get to see your a little room, a little room, and an outside bit. Lovely, three sixty degrees. You're moving round and round. Got a lovely view. I'm doing this to to you now. Look, look, see my lovely view. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's here. great. Is that a balcony? That's a balcony. Yeah, I've got my desk sort of. That, the, that's the reason that I'm having this struggle at the moment. I, I've got the desk set up in the doorway so I can be Balinese. <laughs> yeah. In between uh, the outside and the inside. Yeah. So mal creativity. Tell us a bit more about the concept, could you? A little bit. Um, it's used, um, um, the, the, the word creativity is used a lot in industry, as you know, very well. Um, and, um, it doesn't really matter what it is people are making or, or, or the, or the reasons behind the making of it. It's, it's, it's saleability that, um, is important. And a lot of the things that are being, um, made like really, really devious weaponry, for instance, um, and surveillance systems are called creative processes. And they are, I suppose they're inventive, um, um, uh, um, but they um, are, are, are ferociously um, destructive and, and vicious and um, um, usually um, unethical to a degree that is impossible to describe. Um, and yet they, they, they sort of, um, they're touted as the processes they're involved are um, encouraged as um, <clears throat> not encouraged, uh, are um, their business, but they're um um they're I don't know humanized or somehow legitimized um, legitimized yeah yeah as such um which I find fairly repulsive mm-hmm. um and and I think that the whole idea of creativity is um with the way that people talk about it um now is it's become such a a cliche um which is why I've invented the um the Zombie Lingo English Dictionary, or the Z, um, which um, um, lists terms that have been so abused and overused they have to be abandoned um, in the desert to be eaten by jackals. And um, creativity, un- unfortunately, is one of them. Could, um, and, could you know, learnings you could, be one of them, please? Learnings would be one of them, certainly. And also spend as a noun. Oh, yes. There are nice words like... So uh, many. There are nice words like lesson and expenditure. Yeah. That, yeah, uh, but what about energy. dream? What about dream? And what about inspiration? Um, all of those really grandiose ones as well have been um, co-opted. Oh, oh, mm. So many juicy words you can't say anymore. And then those those, those, those little nuggety ones that you've just described, um, very, very um, dubious. Oh, what about blue sky thinking? Oh, yes, quite. At the moment. Has not, did not, did not the, the, the person who keyed that phrase realise that they're vacant? <laughs> blue skies yeah. not and they're blue little... sky thinking they're communicating to the world through the cloud <laughs> yeah, well indeed the cloud the filthy cloud the filthy yeah. cloud so wow We're... sorry i'm getting i've got two sets of claws and a set of teeth digging into my right hand it's definitely uh, starving to death absolutely i i fed him twice it's Nearly nine. But did you feed him? Did you feed him bleeding flesh? He's yes. He's had two sets of once bleeding flesh this morning, and it's not even nine a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's psychotic. Uh, psychotic. Where could people find 
these pieces that you wrote about creativity? Oh, I don't know. Oh, they, they just Google it, I suppose, and with my name, it'll come up in a journal somewhere. Louise so, creativity. Yeah, or something. And um, then, and then, of course, I started writing about things that were, disturbed me even more. Um, away from again about nothing. I, I have any. Oh, that's not true. Uh, then I started writing about Israel Palestine. Um, and you know, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to dismiss what I've you're stopped doing it now. It you yep. started writing about other things that disturbed you, like Israel Palestine. Could you say a bit about that? Um, I don't know. What could I say about that? Um, um, I started when I was writing um, about it, I was trying to um, um, think about. Things like um, um, hope uh, as opposed to optimism, um, um, which optimism is a sort of a silly and um, kind of nihilistic almost as pessimism. And then um, looking, I, 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 I don't know um, what to say about it because everything that's going on at the moment is too huge um, for me. Um, um, I, I don't. I shouldn't have mentioned it. <laughs> don't mention the war. Mm. Okay, I, I should say that we're speaking in December of 2023. So there is obviously a lot of heightened tension and trauma surrounding this moment in history when it comes to relationships between Israel and Palestine. Yep. Uh, I mean, and, uh, it's always the case, but it's particularly... It's always the case, but it's just, you, you, it's, it's, I don't think it's been worse, has it? No, I don't think so. I've been going there since the 80s, um, and um, um, I don't think I'll go there again. Uh, you know... Um, I, I, honestly, Toby, I really don't know what to say at this point. You'd yeah, have to I ask me something. Big having a, another kind of conversation. It's it's, it's, it's too huge. I'm too bored. I'm too disgusted. I, I don't know. You know, it's just too horrific. That and 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 thinking about um, ideas around it um, just seems um, to me from puerile. Um, so I, I I just I feel like I'm sort of speechless with horror, really, um, and disappointment um, at. Um, at people that I know and I trusted. I think there's a lot of that going about as well. <laughs> Understood. I, I didn't mean to push you on this point, oh, realising that it is. Just asked. Yeah. Well, I did say that it would all be softball before we start. <laughs> well, so, I've just, I, I've just ducked. I, I, I've ducked. The ball's gone over my head. The ball's gone over your head. No, but in yeah. all seriousness, I, I do appreciate that uh, you have, thought a lot about this, participated a lot in that world and written about it. And also that this is, a, as I said, an extremely traumatic moment for so many reasons, for so many people, and that it, it's not perhaps the right time, but maybe in a little while we could uh, come back and have another conversation about it. I'd really like to. Yes. I really would because um, I, I, I just don't feel like there are many people that I can talk to at all mm. about it. And I really would like to. Yeah. No, well, let's, let's do that. Perhaps that's a good point on which to conclude, not least because in terms of the amount of time I can record and then save and then transform, we're almost at the limit. But I mm. wanted to ask you one more question, Louise, if I may, which is simply to Find out whether there are any things that we haven't discussed that you would like us to talk about or that you would like to mention or bits of your work that you would like to highlight. I had a nice um, conference um, about a week and a half ago. It was lovely. It was um, um, on, it was called, um, We Need to Talk. 
<laughs> I was just reminded of it when we were talking there, saying something similar. But, um, yeah, so you could talk about um, all sorts of things. And But the thing that was nice about it was that because it was a mixture of um, sort of straight scholars and creative writing people, um, there was also um, a category for um, um, rants, polemics, diatribes. Um, so um, I, I did one of those. And um, it was a hoot. I really loved it. I, I was obstreperous and, and I ranted um, about anything that I fancied, but I had, of course, prepared things that I knew I would fancy ranting about. And um, it was done um, with levity. You know, I, I'm really, um, I, I tend to struggle a bit between being um, tedious and boring and earnest and being light and not being glib. So trying to find that kind of balance is mm. difficult to do. Um, and um, I think I think it worked pretty well um, uh, this time. I had... Um, Lots of topics we, uh, you can't quiz me on because we've run out of time, which is great. <laughs> but but basically, um, it's sort of it, it sort of arose out of um, 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 insomnia, um, and um, so I like to design. Um, it might might write dystopian fiction, but I like to design utopias, um, and um, um, so this was basically, you know how things will be when I'm king of the world. Yeah. So I just fixed everything. It was all fine. It's wow. okay. Yeah, it's good, and huh? Is there, a, is there a way in which people can gain access to this? I actually, I actually don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't know that they were having a lot of trouble with their, uh, as, as people do at these conferences with their technology. <laughs> I don't think it was recorded, which is a shame because I'd like to get a recording. I was really chuffed with myself. You know, you're not, you're not usually, um, usually um, I just sort of, you know, crawl away, um, bleeding, but this time I felt, I felt really good. Maybe it's because I was doing something I liked. Yeah. Um, it's um, a lovely, lovely note to finish on. It's been terrific catching up with you, Louise. And, Often what I ask at this point is whether I can extract a promise for you to return to the pod, but you've already agreed to do that. Have I? When? A couple of minutes ago when we were talking <laughs> about Israel and Palestine. Well, I didn't know that we were going to do a podcast of it, but um, we can have a conversation about that. And then, um, and, and oh, wow. Oh, good. Okay. Actually, Hadn't thought that you you meant that. I thought you just meant oh, a conversation. Sorry, but, I can but no, no, no. That doesn't mean that we can't do that um, at all. It, it just, uh, yeah, okay. Requires some more thinking. I understand why I, why there was misunderstanding between us. I get it. So, on that slightly inelegant note, apologies to you for <laughs> causing confusion. Thank you very, very much for being with us and sharing so many of your insights and being so wonderfully open about some of the conflicts and contradictions of cultural life. It was great. Thanks, Toby. I really appreciated the, the chance to have a little um, ramble. Cheers. <laughs>